This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Tuesday, April 26th, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a loaded show for you today, another in our NFL Draft Series. We are going to break down the notable quarterbacks in this 2022 draft class. We will be checking in with analysts Brian Doan, Rusty Manziel, Greg Biggins, and Alan True to take a look back at some of the big names. Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh, Malik Willis out of Liberty, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, and Desmond Ritter taking a trip down memory lane to recall what these prospects were like coming out of high school, heading into college, and obviously now going into the pros. But before we get to those quarterbacks, let's take a look at what's trending in the world of college football. And let's start there at the quarterback position as a couple of SEC programs have their quarterbacks in this 2023 class. That would be Arkansas and Ole Miss. The Rebels and Lane Kiffin landed four-star quarterback Marcel Reed from the state of Tennessee on Monday. He is the number 17 quarterback in the top 24-7. The six-foot-one, 175-pound prospect chose Ole Miss over Arkansas and Vanderbilt. And Marcel Reed told Steve Wilfong of 24-7 Sports that his potential in that Ole Miss offense was a big reason why he's choosing to play his college ball in Oxford. And after Ole Miss picked up their quarterback, Arkansas went and got their own and four-star prospect Malachi Singleton out of the state of Georgia. The dual-threat prospect passed for over 2,300 yards and rushed for over 1,000 yards and had nearly 50 total touchdowns last fall. So the dominoes keep falling. We're obviously waiting on our Manning. We're waiting on Dante Moore. We're waiting on Jaden Rashada, who we broke down on the Monday edition of the West of the Rest podcast. But Ole Miss and Arkansas have picked up important pieces here in the 2023 recruiting class. Let's kick off this show talking about Kenny Pickett, who is projected right now by some to be the number one quarterback taken in the 2022 NFL draft, a prospect that was rated three stars according to the composite back in the 2017 class. And to discuss Kenny Pickett, let's bring in national recruiting analyst, Brian Doan. Brian, how are you doing? And I, I don't want to tease you here, but I know you're a little older, but how, how, what's your memory like on Kenny Pickett? <laughs> oh boy, that's short-term memory. A li- yeah, a little, a little so- <laughs> backhand compliment early on. I like it. So I'm, I'm good with him because it's more than short-term memory. What I remember, I mean, the, the first thing that, that jumps out to me is that he was committed to Temple. He had a, a pretty good growth spurt from the end of his junior season to the end of his junior year in high school. I mean, I remember watching him when he was, you know, maybe 6'1 on a good day, if he was heightening. And then, you know, he's now, I don't know what he measured at the combine, but the accepted height seems to be 6'3". You know, and it just tells you what an exceptional athlete he is that, you know, his hand size still allows him to be an unbelievable quarterback, right? And so, but I just remember about, he played at Ocean High School, which is down on the Jersey Shore, and 
there wasn't a ton of buzz with him. He went to a lot of places. He he was a regular at Rutgers and and really couldn't get a sniff of an offer there. And then give all the credit in the world to Pitt and especially Tim Salem, the assistant coach who recruits there, who went to watch Pickett play a baseball game. Um, they already were high on him. He had recruited Pickett for a while and noticed that Pickett had been growing. The kid has a couple of doubles, throws a guy out from center field during the game and just has a, you know, his athleticism was on full display. And from that moment on in, in early May, I think it was until, you know, a month later, he's out of Pittsburgh and committing. Hand size, not a, not a big deal on the baseball diamond, but obviously there's been a lot of speculation about how that's going to affect him as a, as a pro. This is a player who was number 10 among pro style quarterbacks in that 2017 class. So he was definitely firmly on the radar, uh, but maybe wasn't projected to be a, a potential first round draft pick. People, I don't think, really realized that he would maybe surpass some of those expectations or those projections. How much did you see in terms of him taking leaps forward in his development? And was there anything that maybe you saw as a high schooler that that made you believe in his upside? One of the things I really liked about him, and I think at the end of the day, 247 Sports had him rated as an 88, which is a really high three-star, which says, hey, we think this kid has some NFL potential. Maybe not. Uh, maybe we're not as sold as maybe some of the kids that we make four stars. But one of the things that really stuck with me was early on, he wasn't getting a lot of love in recruiting. I wasn't doing a bunch of stories on him in recruiting. And he's like, okay, I'll just show you. And as it moved forward, he that attitude of, it's okay that you don't think I'm capable of doing something. I'll just show you that I can. And that's the thing that really stuck with me through the whole thing is how it's almost like what was happened with Pitt. So he's at Ocean High, and he just kept grinding through it, grinding through it. He grew. He developed. He was always a, a playmaker on the field who threw a really good ball, whether it's speaking to some of the coaches in New Jersey, you know, who really tipped Pitt off was, was the Hun school with Todd Smith, the coach there, you know, tipped off Pitt and said, hey, we played this kid. He's really good. He just didn't have the great size at that time. But it's almost like what would happened with Pitt is he was, you know, Pitt kept bringing in some transfers, and Kenny Pickett was almost an afterthought, and then he's going to get some playing time, and instead of of jumping to the NFL, he, he stays for another year and, and really helps his stock. And it just shows you that in an instance like his, staying in college, playing a lot, getting more experience, and then leading your team to an ACC title, there's a lot of value in that. And, and I think when you look at Kenny Pickett, and, and we'll see where he winds up first round or not, but you know, we talk about all this NIL money now and what kids want coming into college, but think of how much money Kenny Pickett made just by coming back for another year of college and, and performing well at Pitt. That's what sticks out to me is just how much he always stayed with it. I think it's a very good point, right? Like situations matter and your fit in a program and an offense matters, especially if you're a quarterback. And I think that could catapult you into the stratosphere that now Kenny Pickett finds himself in, right? Where he is now projected by some to be the number one quarterback taken in this draft. We'll see if that actually happens, but there's no there's no denying that he really made himself a lot of money uh, and even wrote himself into into the rule book, right? You can't even fake slide anymore. What, what world are we living in? <laughs> Listen, Ryan? I... 
Yeah, well, there's, well, I mean, listen, it tells you with the kind of kitty, right? It's, it wasn't in the rules. He did it, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. He did it and he was successful and it was a way for him to get an advantage. But I mean, listen, you're talking about a dude who after a game this year, when I asked him how he was going to celebrate, he said, I'm going to go have a beer. I mean, and, and I found it funny. I found it refreshing. And I also found it, it tells you who he is. He's just a guy that's comfortable in his own skin. And, and I think that's the biggest reason he's had the success he's had he's just he's just comfortable and confident yeah i'm excited to see what he does at the nfl level because you mentioned it he has kind of that charisma he has that moxie that you like to see at the position and uh you know maybe he'll have a few beers um wherever <laughs> whatever nfl city he ends up at i'm sure a lot of people will be hoping and, and fighting over you know potential to to buy kenny pickett a beer brian thank you so much for for joining us hey thanks for having me blair from one East Coast quarterback to another one, let's talk about Malik Willis, who in the 2017 class was the number 23 rated athlete, an 89 on the 24-7 sports rating system, uh, a high three-star, so just missed the cut for four-star prospects, ends up at Auburn, but really lit it up at Liberty. And to discuss him, let's bring in Rusty Menzel. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports, and he got a really good look at Malik Willis as a high schooler back in his day during uh, the, 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 the time when he was kind of rising in the recruiting world. Rusty, what do you remember about Malik Willis? The first time I actually saw Malik Willis, he came to my MVP camp as a 10th grader. He was at Westlake High School. That was Cam Newton's high school, if you, if you remember that in the Atlanta area. And, you know, he had a relationship with Cam and kind of Cam and mentioned a couple of people and like, hey, the next guy. And I saw him that day. He was a little bit thin, but, you know, he had a live arm and he was kind of raw at the time. But he makes a move his senior year to Roswell High School and it's a powerhouse. Um, you know, Malik, assuming he goes in the first round, he played with another first rounder and Xavier McKinney, who was a first rounder uh, last year for the New York Giants, uh, played at Roswell with him. And Malik Willis was a guy that continued to get better. But when he went to Roswell, he played in the state championship game. Good fact on Malik Willis, he played in the last football game ever played at the Georgia Dome. They had one play left with about three seconds to go from the 15-yard line. Blair, I have to send you the tweet. A video at Malik Willis throws a touchdown on fourth down, uh, fourth down goal to go to tie Grayson to send that game into overtime. Grayson eventually wins in overtime, one of the best high school football games I've ever seen. It was fitting that that was the last you know game for the Georgia Dome in the history there. But I'll tell you this, the eye-opener for me with Malik Willis was after his freshman year at Auburn. I watched him work out, and I'm telling you, Blair, you know that moment when you see a kid that has become a man? Malik Willis had become a man. He had a live arm. He was 205 pounds. He had filled out. I remember calling Keith Niebuhr, our, our co-worker, and going, Keith, Malik Willis, I don't know if that's going to be settled with Bo Nix or not. Now, the story from Auburn obviously isn't written uh, until he gets to Liberty. But Malik Willis, the first year when his body filled out, uh, all he had to do then was to be able to play between the lines and get reps. And you saw that Liberty. But I remember a young, wiry, raw kid that Cam Newton had said something to me about goes to Auburn, decommits on Virginia Tech really, really late uh, and goes to Auburn. So I've known Malik since the 10th grader, great kid, great young man from everything I know. And it doesn't surprise me that he is where he is today. I saw the Wonderlick score come out. He was the second highest. I mean, this is a very, very polished, ready to go to the NFL young man. 
I, I remember seeing him last summer at the Elite 11 finals, and he was one of the camp counselors among the quarterbacks yes. in college, Spencer Rattler, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, yes. Sam Howell, and Malik Willis was hanging with all those big name guys, right? The guys that are, I think, getting a lot of the Heisman buzz, recognizable sure. names that that at the quarterback position specifically uh, have been known commodities for, for some time. Malik Willis was rated as an athlete coming out of high school, so obviously he had some uh, multifaceted skills sets. Uh, I'm looking at his yep. profile photo from back, I think it's 2016, 2017. He's got a Westlake baseball shirt on. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of yeah, a multi-sport yeah. guy as well, just like yep. you know Kenny Pickett, who we just touched on with Brian Doan. But I'm seeing ninth overall to to maybe the to, to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I, I've seen 13th overall, maybe to the to the to the Steelers. You know, so th- this is a player who I think a lot of NFL franchises are high on. What's his upside at the next level? Having seen him in high school, having seen what he's done in college. I mean, does this his potential kind of go through the roof? Tell you what, when he, I tell you, when he worked out and you saw his arm strength, the ability to throw on every level, you got to be able to do that in NFL. You can't just throw it 65 yards. You got to be able to make that throw. You know, they call it dropping the bucket there, cover two on the sidelines, on the hash. You got to be able to do that whole shot. You know, he, to me, can complete on all three levels. And here's what people are not talking about as much right now. Malik Willis will hurt you with his legs in a minute. And that is what makes him so dangerous. Now, when you have a player that tends to run like him some, you got to protect him in the NFL. You can't take those shots. But man, he is really going to make defenses account for him every single play because he can take third and seven and run for eight yards and out of bounds in a second, but he can definitely drop it over the top of you. So I think Malik Willis best playing days are ahead of him. I I think he continues to develop, but you know, I'm not really one to, you know, can you process after the snap and seeing that wonder lick today from him sky high like that? I mean, like this guy can process. I think his best days are ahead of him. He's going to continue to develop. Will he be a year one starter? I don't know. But I think year two, year three, year four, if he stays healthy, I'm very confident that his best playing days are ahead of him. Yeah, very exciting prospect. And Rusty bringing the goods as always. Thank you so much for joining us, Rusty. Thanks, Blair. All right, that is Rusty Manziel giving us the insight on Malik Willis, the prospect from Liberty who had a a terrific high school career there in the state of Georgia. We're going to continue our conversation and our look at the quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft. You are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. 
We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, and I am joined by the one and only, and, and it's it's very rare that we have him here on this show, Mr. Greg Biggins. We need to get you on the show more often. Blair, you and Huffman are such teases. You say that just to just to make me feel, just to make me aware that I'm not ever invited to any of your little shenanigans. So, <laughs> well, what was the what was the running joke that you had on uh, one of the Pac-12 podcasts, right, where you were going to be a guest on on the next week's episode? And I feel like it was a bit that kept going on and on and on. Yeah, yes, it was. So, it was your and Huffman's podcast, the rest <laughs> of the best or whatever. And you guys kept saying, "Oh, next week we'll have GB on," and then that would never happen. Oh, next week we're going to have him on. So it just became this running joke of you know. GB will never be on uh, because, you know, you guys are the, you know, in the circle of trust. I'm on the outside of that circle, just trying to, you know, just trying to fit in somewhere. Yeah. Well, speaking of fitting in, these quarterbacks are trying to fit into the NFL draft this upcoming Thursday. And you and I will discuss a couple of the quarterback prospects, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, two guys that you're very familiar with. Matt Corral being a California prospect that we got to see for a number of years out here before he was able to torch up some SEC defenses down at Ole Miss. Uh, And and then Sam Howell, a prospect that you followed very closely throughout the opening finals. Uh, I believe it was in 2018 right the summer of uh, the summer of 2018 so a few years ago um, and obviously he did some big things at North Carolina and has been included in some first round draft projections but let's begin with with Matt Corral uh, this is a prospect who I think we initially saw when he was at Oaks Christian in in Westlake Village and was starting I think really early on in his high school career so I think the buzz began to build began to build committed to USC very early on in his recruitment but obviously his recruitment took him to several different places. He ended up finishing his high school career at Long Beach Poly, also in in the state of California, uh, before really kind of you know, becoming a, a mainstay in, in the college football world at Ole Miss. What do you remember most about Matt Corral as a prospect? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things to t- talk about with Matt. Obviously, you know, he's a, a kid I, I liked a lot. You know, I think he was someone who I think he would even describe early on, maybe a little rough around the edges. He wasn't your typical quarterback in the sense of like, you know, these pretty boy, you know, this guy was, was a tough kid. You know, he was, uh, you know, and I think he'd like that. You know, he was, you know, just someone who had a little bit of an edge to him. And he kind of played football with that. He had a little bit of a Brett Favre, you know, gunslinger mentality, big arm, big hands. The guy can absolutely just rip it. And, you know, there were times when you kind of wondered, you know, could, you know, Matt, maybe mix in a change up, right? Change some speeds a little bit. Not It's always about throw the ball as hard and as far as you can. And, and you know, senior year at Long Beach Poly, he, he had some great games and he had some down games. And I think, you know, we all kind of wondered, okay, what direction is Matt going to go? Physically, he was always been gifted as an eighth grader, freshman, sophomore. And the guy had uh, already college level tools at that time. He's an athlete mentioned the toughness, mentioned the leadership. You know, he's a guy who other kids really liked a lot, liked to be around and uh, just had a lot of swagger to him. Right. And uh, so it just was a question of, okay, can he go to a school that's going to kind of allow him to basically be him that's going to take his physical upside and and kind of maybe uh, rein him in a little bit, you know, maybe get the game to slow down a little bit. And, and Lane Kiffin was the perfect Matt Corral you know, coach, you know, obviously Lane, you know, he's got a, he's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a gangster, 
himself, right? Just the way he kind of puts himself out there on Twitter. I, I love it personally, but those two are a perfect pair. And I think Matt really blossomed as this dual threat guy who could throw it, who could run it. Uh, I mentioned the game kind of slowing down, decision-making process and all that good stuff. So, you know, a guy I'm, I'm really happy for. Again, Matt, I, I've always enjoyed being around him and seeing him and interacting with him at the Clarkson retreats every summer. So, you know, if they're, they're saying first round pick, I'll, I'll be so excited because I'll say, honestly, coming out of high school, I did not know if I, you know, if you put me in the spot, I said, you know, I would, don't know if I would have said, yeah, Matt Corral, first round pick. I don't know if I could have predicted that, but I'm still extremely happy for him. Yeah, a super tough quarterback that I remember as well. I wasn't necessarily physical, but I really kind of scrawny in build and, and kind of his traits, but it has continued to fill out and he still has kind of a baby face. So I'm really interested <laughs> what he's going to look like in, in a few years, right at the NFL, once he's able to bulk up a little bit more and, and become a bit more durable physically as well. I mean, he took some big shots, obviously, at the SEC level. And, and even in high school, I remember going out to a playoff game when they played Bishop Amat in La Puente. Uh, California and, and he was throwing to Michael Pittman Jr. at the time uh, and just slinging the ball around. Michael Pittman had over 300 receiving yards, I believe. And uh, I, I'm really interested to see what he's going to look like in a few years because I think it's funny to say this, but I think he's still scratching the surface of, of his potential and what he could eventually be. Yeah, you know, I, I think Matt might have issues with the word scrawny, Blair. He might go looking for you this year at the Clarkson retreat when he sees you. You know, Matt's, you know, Matt, I don't know if I'd say Matt's scrawny. He's a guy he, he, Again, no, he, he was scrawny <laughs> in high school is what I meant. I mean, like, I remember him putting the pads on and you know how you can kind of see sometimes the pads are way too oversized. And yeah, uh, there's a yeah, photo yeah. that I took of him where I think his pads were up to like his ears. But you know what? Uh, whether he, he he was always big in terms of just kind of how he saw himself, man. He kind of had that strut, right? He kind of reminded me of like an old school, like, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of somebody who's more relevant today. But, you know, I keep coming back to like, you know, Vinny Barbarino. That's, I'm going way old school, but just... I just envisioned Matt, you know, James Dean, the old school days with the hair slick back wearing like, you know, a, a white, you know, white shirt with the sleeves rolled up, pack of cigarettes right there, right? Rolled up like, you know, that's just kind of how I envisioned Matt, but just a super tough kid. He likes contact. He doesn't run from it. And again, that arm, man, he always had some serious juice in that arm. And that I think that always was going to give him a chance. And like I said, man, credit Lane Kiffin. Lane did an unbelievable job with him. And, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him. I, I hope for the best. We talk a lot about NIL in the college football recruiting world, but now he's going to get into pro sponsorship. So maybe we need him to get like a, a aviators deal or, or some leather jacket or, or you know, maybe Levi's, right? He's rolling up the jeans. I think that top be gun, a, right? He's got some Maverick in him. I could just see him, you know, on that on that Harley or whatever, just flying yeah. jets. I mean, Matt's, Matt's a wild kid. But uh, a wild kid, but a good kid. Like I said, he's reigned a lot of that in once he got to college and, and Old Miss. And, you know, he's a good kid, man. I, I truly believe he's going to have success. Harley Davidson, we're calling you out. We need a Matt Corral <laughs> sponsorship endorsement. Uh, he was interesting and Lee enough committed to USC. His recruitment, like I said, took him other other places. And uh, I remember him at the Elite 11 Regional in Redondo Beach going up against Dorian Thompson Robinson in those dual seven on seven settings where they're trying to outscore the other guy. Uh, and those were a lot of fun. So like you mentioned, he's, he's a player that we're excited to see where he ends up and kind of how his pro path uh, takes him. Another player that we got to see a number of times uh, in the seven on seven circuit and the showcases at the opening finals at the Elite 11 was Sam Howell. And this is a player who I think 
we've known about in terms of his arm strength and his just his sheer physical ability for such a long time. And he's kind of lived that out throughout his stay at North Carolina. He had uh, obviously a big time freshman season that really put him on the map. But this is another player that has gotten some first round draft buzz. What do you remember about Sam Howell? Yeah, no, I, Sam was was unique. You know, that that first time seeing him, obviously watched a lot of the tape and, and he was, you know, he was a thick kid. He was kind of built. Again, I'm trying to think of a, on the, you know, on the fly, a, a quick player comp. I mean, the guy had almost like more of a running back body, about 6'1", but six, maybe 6'1 six, and a half, but all of like 215, real thick, but he could run. You know, he could take off and run. Strong arm kid, really special, unique dual threat ability. And then saw him a bunch I was doing quarterbacks at the opening final. So that was kind of like, you know, we, we always get a, a position assigned. So that was Spencer Rattler was kind of the guy, right? He had a phenomenal workout. And then Bo Nix also was really good. You know, Ryan Helensky. But then, you know, Sam Howell was was in that group. You know, if I were to rank them, just going back, R- Rattler's probably one and then Knicks. And then Sam was probably number three, uh, maybe even a 2B with Knicks. If we're talking about just performance that day, but his upside, I would have put him right there underneath Rattler. You know, really bright, intelligent kid. Got to see him, got to meet him a few times. Another guy who we saw at the Steve Clarkson retreat. So I've got to kind of meet him more on a, on a personal level, but just from a pure football standpoint. Mention the freshman year. Tell you what, man, I, I think that freshman year, if, if he was eligible for the draft, I mean, he might have been a first rounder at that time. You know, this past year, you know, wasn't his best season. And for me, he was a guy who I, I almost wonder if it would have been better off for him coming back maybe for one more year and kind of showing what he can do. I, I do think he's gifted. I think he's a talented guy. And again, you talk about NFL, you talk about tools, and I think he does have you know a lot of the tools you look for. You know, I, I think he's you know obviously arm talent is there. He, he's not a statue. I would never recruit or draft a guy who couldn't move. He got, he has excellent mobility in and outside the pocket, and I think he's a, an intelligent kid. I think he's a tough kid. I think he loves football, you know, and I, again, knowing him from a, a personal level, he talked to him last year, you know, elite 11, he was a counselor, you know, just a, you know, a guy, high integrity, high IQ, smart, fun, leadership, great teammate, great locker room guy. So all that stuff, you know, another guy that you just want to root for. And I, I don't say that about everybody. There's guys, you, you know, you blur, you know, those guys that you def, definitely don't really care that much for. And then there's guys you do want to root for. And Sam and Matt, these are guys that you do want to root for. And hope, hopefully, I'm not sure what his draft projection is right now, but you know, wherever he goes, I think he's going to go and, and stick for a long time. Yeah, has gotten some back-end first-round draft buzz. Some are saying second round uh, for Sam Howell, who, by the way, was rated as a dual-threat prospect coming out of high school, number three in the country, number 104 nationally in that 2019 class, uh, six feet, 225, so it was definitely built like a running back, kind of a thicker Baker Mayfield type of, of, of prospect, uh, gunslinger mentality, big arm, and it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up greg thank you so much for for joining us and and we got to have you on the show a little bit more often stop just stop that nonsense if you want if you want me on blair you know i want you when you, you text me like what 10 minutes ago i said blair i'm on i'm like one of the minute men from way back in the seven, 1770s I'm, I'm ready at a moment's notice man you call me i'm always there i'm always available so just stop the teasing you know I'm available. Let's get it done. Dude, I love it. And speaking of quarterbacks, we, we're going to see a bunch of them this coming weekend out at the Elite 11 Regional in Las Vegas. So I look forward to, to covering that event with you. I'm sure you want to have me on next week to, to break that down, right? I'm sure that's going to happen. Let's Who are we tease kidding? It. Let, you'll, let's you'll have tease a, it right now. I'm putting. I'm going to jot it down zero here. Zero chance I'll be on. <laughs> zero chance I'm, I'm going to be on there. I'm going to jot it down here in pencil for now. Yeah, pencil with a big eraser on the on the end of that pencil. I can tell already. Greg Biggins, yeah. National Recruiting Analyst you, for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg Biggins.
And last, but certainly not least, let's bring in a person that's been a staple here of the NFL Draft Series on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. That would be Alan True, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports, to discuss Desmond Ritter. He's the quarterback out of Cincinnati, who was a three-star athlete coming out of high school in Louisville, Kentucky in the 2017 class, uh, and has really ascended and really took his stock to another level at Cincinnati. Alan, first of all, how are we doing? And what do you remember about Desmond Ritter as a high school prospect? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, and and remembering him, I mean, he was not a guy who was very heavily on the radar. Um, he was at, I believe, an opening regional. And I do remember watching his film and thinking, oh, this guy's pretty good. But um, there wasn't a lot of action there. You know, a kid from Kentucky, that Louisville and Kentucky, I think, had dipped the toe in the water a little bit, but, but didn't offer him. And so I remember him being a, a good athlete, I think, hence the 24-7 athlete designation um we were with scout at the time so i we actually didn't assign him that athlete thing but three star on scout three star on 24 7 sports really was not a guy who was heavily out there on the circuit and, and wasn't you know written about much or known much when it came to the recruiting sites yeah when you look at his rating an 81 which means he's likely a group of five impact player or or a player that can continue to start and make an impact later in, in his college career and he certainly did that but has really kind of progressed and surpassed maybe that that early projection for him six three and a half 178 coming out of high school so he had that physical upside that we like to see out of high school prospects but seeing him closely and what he was able to do at, at Cincinnati what really enabled him now to be firmly on the radar of NFL draft prospects uh, and, and, and scouts. Well, I think that athleticism, first and foremost, we didn't know that he was a good enough athlete to potentially even project to other positions, hence the athlete designation. But, you know, he really used that to his advantage. I think he improved as a passer a lot. I think there was upside there as a passer, but maybe it was a little bit on the raw side in that aspect. He improved, improved a lot on that. And then I think the last thing that you really didn't maybe know quite as much at that time is just some of the intangibles, what a gamer he was, uh, how tough he was, the things that he, he would do when games were on the line, pressure situations, tight games this year um, where Cincinnati had a lot on the line where he played well. I think all of those things put together have, have made him, you know, I still don't know that he's like in terms of arm talent in this NFL draft, he's not probably Malik Willis or guys like that. But I think the whole package of the athleticism and the intangibles put together is what is drawing school uh, teams to him as a potential talking about mid to late first round pick here. Yeah. And before we go, Alan, th this is one of those quarterback classes when we're talking about the NFL draft where maybe there isn't a can't miss prospect. I feel like there's an unknown with everyone and you are taking a gamble with so many of these players that are maybe taken in the first round and Desmond Ritter might be able to sneak himself into that conversation uh, later this week. But when you think of just sheer upside and maybe the potential for him to develop into a star, I mean, I think he has all the tools there, right? To kind of be a guy that maybe, you know, five, six years from now, we're wondering why he slipped. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that the the that mobility piece and the intangibles piece, those are important things now to evaluate. Uh, intangibles always have, but now with the way teams run their offenses, I think mobility is extremely important. When you look at all the guys that they're talking about going 
early in this draft, you know, we mentioned Malik Willis, but also Matt Corral and Gosling, that they're all mobile. And I think that that's a big part of Desmond's game. It's used much more in the pros these days. And I think when you, when you think about still, I think there's still a lot of ceiling left for him there, uh, both as a passer for him to continue to get physically stronger. I think that there's, uh, uh, that's why some of the teams in that later part of round one who are able to wait and develop him would covet a guy like Desmond Ritter. Alan True, national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports, giving us the, the breakdown and the lowdown on Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. Yep, anytime. That will do it for us. Remember, if you want to get a head start on the 2026 NFL Draft, 2027, and start to familiarize yourself with some names that you will be hearing on draft night several years down the road, Make sure you check out 24-7 Sports. We've got player ratings across three recruiting classes. We've got team rankings. We've got recruiting scoop and buzz from teams across the country. So if you're not yet subscribed to 247sports.com, make sure you check out your favorite team site. On behalf of all the analysts that joined us on the show and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.